Hello and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week, The Expanse Book Club. Woo! Spoilers ahead. So stop now. Well, stop after housekeeping. (laughs) Yeah. Some mildly interesting things. Yes. Uh, All right. Please stay tuned. Terrifying Robot Dog is next. Welcome to Season (laughs) 9. Is that right? Last season, nine? season. Wait, no. Yeah. Yeah. Last, yeah, right, right. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Last season on Game of Thrones, on Game of Terrifying Robot Dogs. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Game of Thrones just came out. Anyway, but that's not what we're talking about today. Uh, no, no. <laughs> we're, we're talking about um, Game of Thrones in space. Yes. Space Thrones. <laughs> it's kind of like Space Thrones. Kinda. Kinda. Yeah, I stopped watching Game of Thrones after one and a half seasons. I am the opposite. <laughs> yeah, now I'm I'm kind of feeling like I should go back and continue watching it now, but at the time it was just too much work for a television show. Yeah, and you read you read the books, right? Or you started to no, read the books? No. Well, because I remember you making a comment about George R. R. Martin's style. Oh yeah, I might have. Yeah, I started to read the books. Yeah, you said That's something right, like I did. He, I, sorry, I had blocked it from memory, the traumatic experience and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, like I think you said something like he never met an adjective he didn't like or something. Right. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> he makes Tolkien seem brief. <laughs> right, 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 right. Which is funny because we just read reread Tolkien and I was like, wow, the pacing here is really slow compared to <laughs> what I'm used to. If like once you downshift a gear and you're downshift mm-hmm. your expectations, it's really good and like it can kind of kind of settle into it. You have to go into, into it. it wanting that. Yeah, yeah. You you really got to settle into it. And once once I did and I got back into that kind of a pacing, I was like, oh, this is good. But that, it reminds me of a lot of a lot of sort of sixties and seventies era entertainment or media, mm-hmm. and it's just like, man, the pace was so much slower back then. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So um, I, I'm distracted because Erica is giving me the, the go ahead that we can oh, re- cool. record we a have, full episode. We have more time now. Yes. We've got the go ahead, the approval from the boss. <laughs> uh, nice. Cool. All right. So, um, boy, we're like jumping, you get ready to, it's like we're chomping at the bit, mm. getting ready to go. We're back and better than ever, of course. I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> we're back anyway. <laughs> Yes, and before we get to talking about the most recent Expanse book, let's talk about some housekeeping. Okay. We've got a These New Worlds update. We do. Um, I am putting out tonight... I've, I've had physical copies of the game available for a while, but I haven't really pushed it or announced it because, to be honest, I've still kind of been tweaking the rules. Um and I'm putting out a new release of the rules tonight. I'm reworking some of the combat mechanics and to address some things that have came up now that more people are playing it. And, um, you know, we've gotten, gotten some really good feedback on that. And I mean, I had done a fair amount of testing before, but it's just, it's, it's nice now to like the, the circle is even broader and I feel things felt really solid before. And, and after this next update, uh, they'll feel even better. So I'm, I'm comfortable at this point announcing it and these new worlds, you can, uh, I'll try and get the rules revisions up before we go live with this podcast. If not, they will be there at some point Friday. Um, 
and you can you can get the game from you can buy either a physical copy or a digital copy and print it out yourself uh, from jumpgategames.com. Oh, Jumpgate Games, what's that? <laughs> that is Richard and I branching out. He's been doing uh, work on video games under a, a different name, so we thought, hey, let's branch out and also do some board game stuff. And so we we filed a filed a DBA and we've added this, and and now it's a a, a part of that company of his his larger company as well. I, I say larger, but it's just him. I mean, I mean, larger is in. He is physically Already, larger than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's taller, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and we are hoping we had we had wanted to do it by the 1st of May. We obviously have not. We're also hoping to add a podcast as well that's board game related. Cool. And, and a few other things. And there's also some free gaming resources there that you can, you can download if, and if you want and print them and 3D print them and, and all of that sort of stuff. And I've got more there that I need to get put up. And, uh, uh, yeah. Um, so, so that's that. <laughs> awesome. Well, I have a physical copy that I mm-hmm. ordered and uh, mm-hmm. we have not actually played it yet because, I'm waiting for an opportunity where we can record the whole thing. Okay. So we haven't had that. My brother's wedding's coming up. There's been a lot going on. Um, but what I want to do is sit everybody down, play the whole thing through, videotape the whole thing so that you can get feedback from it. But we did, of course, open it up. We unboxed it, showed it to the kids, showed it to Erica. And they were they played with the cards. They thought it was super cool. It was very engaging. And Erica, who went to art school, by the way, mm-hmm. was like, Wow. That was a lot of work. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> yes, you can tell just by looking. It looks great. It's so super pro. Very cool. It comes, I mean, it's like a, it's like a deck of cards. It comes in like a, an oversized card deck kind of box. It's yeah, because so there's, a, cool. there's some cubes and bits and little, little do- colony domes and, and dice and that sort of thing in there too. So Colony domes. Love it. It's super cool. So, um, I'm, my plan is that after my brother's wedding, which is coming up in a week, then mm-hmm. we're going to have a whole bunch of free, cause we're all in the wedding and we've got like fittings and I'm playing guitar at it and practicing it every night and all that stuff. So we've just been crazy. Uh, but that is top of the list after the wedding, we're going to sit down and record an entire session so that you can maybe even tweak the rules more, which are online cool. so they can be tweaked. So it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, there's no that's... reason not to buy it immediately. Run, don't walk. <laughs> Uh, buy it immediately yeah i that's one thing i am certain of at this point as far as the components that are included in those in the game the the cubes the dice the cards those are set Mm -hmm. and so where's the best place to go the best place to go um uh, yeah just just jumpgategames.com killer love it i love creative projects uh, I have another creative project. Yes, nice segue, right? For the weekend, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If the weather holds out this weekend, so that I can get outside and drill holes and things, um, <laughs> just frightening <laughs> me with a drill. <laughs> I I am planning this weekend on assuming all the parts arrive and the weather holds out, building half of an arcade cabinet. <laughs> just half. Just half. The top half or? Uh, no, no, actually the bottom half. And then I just want to be able to just plug it into the big TV I already have. Oh, what? What are you doing? <laughs> like, what is the premise here? 
uh, the premise is that Richard and I want to play a bunch of old school video games, and we want to be able to play them head to head. So, and and we kind of miss that sort of arcade console experience with the big joystick and the big buttons, rather than just you know, like a handheld controller. So, I'm going to build all of that. I'm going to build a a, a table like thing that sits at a comfortable height that we can sit on the couch and um, you know, like, like mash buttons and and um, play games against one another. It'll all be controlled by a Raspberry Pi and. Uh, so and, wait, 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 wait. So okay. you're, you're going to get controllers from like an old Pac-Man machine with the, like the, those buttons and like a, like one of those joysticks that you can like hang your entire weight off of. Yeah. I've got a set of buttons ordered. Should be in tomorrow. And so you can like, Oh God, this is so funny. And, and you're going to hook it up to like an Xbox or something. No, I'm, no, I'm going to, it's all going to be controlled by Raspberry Pi. So I'm going to have all the, all the old school games on an emulator on the Raspberry Pi. Oh, okay. And, and then all I have to do is just plug it into the TV. Oh, oh, that's not, it's so funny because like the, when I, I never thought about it until you just said it, but like going back to that, uh, the sort of physical experience of mashing those buttons mm-hmm. is completely different than like, you know, playing, uh, playing. Cause I've got like Galaga on the Xbox. Right. But it's not the same. It's not the same. You that little, like, wheezy joystick thingy with your thumb. And it's like... <laughs> the D-pad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like... It's, it's like the game, and you're like, but it's not the experience. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to recreate the experience in such a way that I can sit on my couch and look at my big TV. Very nice. So... Cool. Man, I, I, sense, a, I sense a kit on Jumpgate... there will be there will definitely be a blog post about it i'm going to try and document the process Mm. that's awesome well uh, fingers crossed for clear weather this weekend then yeah yeah i I really hope that it works out i mean i I could just be saying all of this and be setting myself up for failure because i try and fail horribly that's entirely possible (laughs) and um it could could be that suddenly i'm out a hundred bucks and i've failed horribly (laughs) at the very least it should be interesting can you put, are you going to like, when you, once it's done, cause I'm sure eventually you'll get it figured out. Are you mm-hmm. going to put like, is the wood going to have like that linoleum surface on it? Like the games did. And you can put like fake cigarette burns in it. Like, <laughs> like the real arcade games. Yeah. And like, like something sticky. <laughs> yeah. Gum under yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Oh man. There's another good name. Cigarette burn. That could be the name of the project. <laughs> Uh, cool. Well, should we should we shift gears into the feature program here? Yes. Let's let's shift gears into the future. I mean, feature. Yes, the, the feature, the future feature. Uh, okay. So, in case you missed it, we were super excited when last we spoke about the forthcoming book eight, seven, eight, nine, eight. Where are we eight. at? Eight. Book eight. Eight. Eight of nine of the Expanse series, which is just great. Of so, course. if you haven't. If you haven't read the other seven and intend to, you should stop listening now. If you haven't read the other seven and don't care, you should probably stop listening now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either way, right? <laughs> well, um, maybe we can convince you. <laughs> yeah, it's it. Yeah, and honestly, like the spoilers, it, it matters, of course, but it's just a joy to read every single book. Mm-hmm. It's just delightful sci-fi, and it's kind of like it gets kind of. Um, it's pretty hard sciencey. I mean, it is. Yeah, if you're into that kind of thing, I mean, there's no, there's no laser beams. It's not like Star Wars, 
Right. It's, you know? it's, it's, it's definitely not Star Trek. <laughs> right. So, you know, it, oh, I don't even know where to start. Like, like the, do we need, need to start with the premise? What's the premise of the book? So the, the premise of this particular book, cause we're assuming that people have, mm-hmm. have, um, either read at this point or don't care about spoilers. So let's just assume that. So the premise of the book is this, this, this is the second one. The, the series is going to be nine books and they're broken into three sort of trilogies. trilogies. Sort of trilogies yeah. Right. And it, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of like the first three, uh, Star Wars movies where it's like the first one kind of sets the scene, uh, mm-hmm. ends with a win for the good guys. Middle one, they sort of land on their back foot, you know, and it's like, Oh no, this, this could be bad. And then now we're in this sort of final, like the final, uh, situation, <laughs> yeah. which is like 30 years in the future from the last series, the, the, the yes, middle trilogy. And normally I get upset and annoyed when people do things like that, but it worked out in this case. I definitely didn't like it at the beginning, uh, but it was only a few pages in that I was like, you know, they kind of had to, and this is sort of cool mm-hmm. because other, one of the things about this series that I find so fun is that the characters aren't sort of static throughout. Yeah. You know, especially Holden. He, he changed a lot from book one to book eight. And oh yeah. A whole lot. Big, and, yeah. Big time. Yeah. But in a believable th- way. Right. Right. And one of the things I've always liked about it is, and the TV show doesn't do as good a job of portraying this as the books do. I think the books do it really well is space is freaking huge. Yeah. And going from point A to point B in space takes a really long time. Um, even when you can travel very quickly. Hmm. Um, and they've, they've done a, a good job of illustrating that in the books. And I think the, the leap forward 30 years is, kind of along the same line. I mean, we're not talking about traveling a distance, but we're talking about civilization. Societies have to evolve and change. And that stuff doesn't happen in a year or two. Right. Yeah, they need time for the stuff stuff to like um, kind of grow and reveal itself. And in fact, mm-hmm. in fact, speaking of distances, they, they measured distance in time in the books. Right. And it's in months usually. Yeah. It's like how far away is Earth from Mars? It's like measured in months or whatever. Mm-hmm. And okay, so like, what's the uh, man? Even I'm like, like to me, it's like the whole series. Like, what? Where did we start off? Here's the, here's my problem, like recollection wise, because I read it probably okay. a month ago. Yeah, and same. I also then read all the novellas that I haven't read because yeah, there are all these in between books. Yeah, and two of them especially are pretty essential for understanding some. Not for understanding, but for having a like a, a more a deeper understanding of a couple of the things going on in this novel. Yeah, because I hadn't read Strange Dogs. I hadn't either. Right. Which now I'm going like to go back. I stopped a few pages in and read Strange Dogs because mm-hmm. I had heard that oh hey if you should you'll enjoy this more if you read Strange Dogs first. Right. So now I didn't do that, and I was like, what? Like, you know, they're t- I, like eventually I got it. Like, right. But it would have been there's two particular plot points in Tiamat's Wrath that it's, it, it, like you said, it would really have, um, it wouldn't have been like a big question mark in my mind that got sort of answered later. It would have been like a fully formed, like, Oh no way. You know, like, cool. Yeah, and like, and like one of the plot points, even without that understanding, it feels kind of, Oh really? They did that. Mm-hmm. But then once you read strange dogs, you're like, Oh, it, it all makes sense now. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like a, uh, it's like, uh, yeah. It's not out of out of left field, right? Right. 
I mean, we're gonna we we warned about spoilers, so we might as well talk mm-hmm. about it. Okay. So like, there's a scene where um, uh, no, I'm spacing, not Alex. Uh, Amos. Amos, right? Where, like, I was like, oh, here it comes. Amos is gonna get killed, like finally. Mm-hmm. And because because I didn't read Strange Dogs, so like, but I knew about the droids. Like, there's a, um, there's all the all these uh, drones around. I think they called them in the book. Yeah, and it's like the strange dogs are all over the place. But I thought they were like, it, it, having not read Strange Dogs, I'm like reading it like these are some equipment that he brought with him to, uh, pr- you know, like sort of guard the perimeter of his right, cave. Right, because there's there's no explanation until you get further into the book of where they came from. Yeah, so I'm like, and and there's there's really no discussion. There's very little discussion in the book about the. Um, oh man, this is going to be bad. I can't remember anything. I'm so old. <laughs> the something moons they're called um oh the, the stick moons stick moons right yeah because they never describe what that is they just mention them as if i know what they are and i'm like stick oh you moons? didn't oh you didn't pick up on that that's the um that's the it's like um, construction build plat- the construction platforms yeah right yeah it took me a while to f- like wait what because I, yeah, I also you, you i listened to, to some... it so i was mm-hmm. like you kind of got to go with the flow you can't keep you know like okay. wait what did they just say right so I just kept going with the flow and go, you know, went with it going. I really, I re, it would have really been better if I had read strange dogs first, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but now I can go back and listen to team outs again and be like, Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. You can see it all come together a lot more quickly. Right. Right. I feel like even, even without strange dogs, I feel like they got there in the end, but it was kind of a circular yes. roundabout way to it. And, and at the end you still would have had that, that moment where it all came together and you went, Oh, okay. It makes sense. But there might've been a little bit of a little more confusion and perhaps disappointment in the meantime until you got there. Exactly. Because when, so, so Amos gets killed core, core character, main, mm-hmm. main character gets killed, which was inevitable. I mean, the oh, yeah. inevitable of, of the bunch of them, you know, was the four, four like really core central characters. Of any of them, of course, Amos is going to be the first one to die, or the last one, one or the other. Yeah, yeah, one of the two. Is it one extreme or the other? Right. So, and or or now possibly both. Um. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, and it, I thought it was absolutely brilliant, poetic justice that he basically gets killed because of a kid mm-hmm. who he's trying to yeah. kind of help because that's all his backstory, that's, right? Exactly. Yep. That's that's his character so much. Yeah, so much. And I was like, oh, that is perfect. But oh, man, I am just so disappointed. But I recognize there were yeah, there were there were multiple times while I was reading the book where I was just like I was sitting here with my Kindle and I was just, OK, I'm going to open my window. I'm going to throw my Kindle outside <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to run outside and grab it and come back in and read more. But yeah, there's <laughs> just had those moments. Yeah, it was it was at a certain point I was like, oh, Amos is dead. Yeah. Like it could have gone either way right up to the last second. I'm like, okay, are they going to sort of cheese out and save him? Like, like, oh, like three awesome shots from Amos, which isn't ridiculous to imagine. No, that wouldn't be unheard of for his character. Right. But really, he's going to have, like, there's no happy ending for Amos. Like, no matter what. No. So, okay. He get, so, so he died and then he got better, but he, there's still no happy ending. He died and he got better. And, and that was the thing. So had I read Strange Dogs, so when, when he, sh- and they're alluding to it, they're like, where's the body? Where's the body? Where's the body? I'm like, wait mm-hmm. a minute. What do you mean? Where's the body? Oh, they shouldn't have left him with the drones. I'm like, what? It's, yeah. That's when I started to piece it together that, yeah. Yeah. So I can't, I can't say the same thing. I was like, 
I was just confused. But then when, you know, when his zombie comes back, I was like, oh, and then I kind of tied it together with the two kids in the kids in the cage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, okay. So I, they did give me, they, they give the reader enough information in that one book standalone to be like, okay, whatever happened to the kids happened to Amos. Yeah. But it was a little bit like, I was like, seriously? Yeah, you like, can, you can pee. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, oh, really? Like, they you did cheated that? me. You know, yeah. you're like, I, I, I was like, all right, crap, Amos is dead. I can't believe it. I can believe it, but I wish it didn't, wasn't true. And then it wasn't true. And I was like, you guys, it's like, it was like, yeah, it was all a dream, you know? <laughs> and, but they did, the groundwork was laid in a book. I just hadn't read the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, and I would say the novella, like you said, it's not essential and you do piece it together in the end, but it's going to be more satisfying if you read the novella first. It's way more. It would, I, I can see that yep. in retrospect, it would have been way, way better. And in fact, I have found that when listening to a book, I can re-listen to it the way I can rewatch a movie. And, and yeah, I, I know what happens, but second time around, you notice stuff in a much different way than you did the first time. And it's enjoyable yeah. in a different way. Yeah, exactly. And, and to kind of like co- complete that sort of that piece of it, the conversation that he has with Holden at the end about what, you know, cause he ends up now you get this zombie Amos, which is kind of awesome. And, you know, it's almost like he's he's broken through. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he will be the one that survives. And you get to the end, and it's like, and he's like back, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but right. he looks weird. He's got these like full black eyes. And it's like, are you are you are you still are you, you still Amos? Like, should I be nervous? And uh, and like right, that because we're all because we're all talking about things here that are made with you know protomolecule technology, and mm-hmm. which is something that Holden has had a a deep fear of since the very first book. And for mm-hmm. good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But aim and it was like super Zen moment at the end where it's sort of like grandpa's ax type of situation. Yeah. You know, yeah, we replaced the handle 10 times, you know, it's still grandpa's ax, even though we replaced the handle and the head 25 times. It's like, is it still right. grandpa's ax? <laughs> and, and Amos is like, it was so great. I thought it was so great. It wasn't, I, they, they, it could have been cheesy. Mm-hmm. I felt like they kind of nailed it where he was like, well, a lot of crazy stuff has happened and it's changed everybody and maybe I'm ch- more changed than anybody else, but I'm still, you're still you, you're, I'm still me, you yeah. know? And it's like, ugh, like it's change kinda, happens to all of us. It's kind of got a point, Yeah, you know, but still there's something like, so the, the question, the, the, the question it raises, it feels like the, I feel like the fundamental question, question it raises is like, and maybe this is, me just having a parochial view of it. But the fundamental question is, is there more than one consciousness in that body? Mm-hmm. Like, but, but even as I say that you could easily say that about normal humans where you got kind of lizard brain reactions and, and, you know, behavior that's driven in a rational way and be- behavior that's driven in an irrational way. Who's really in charge? The person yeah, you're talking all, to, were, not really. I mean, yeah, I mean, how many hats do we all wear on any given day? Right. So, it, and it kind of boils down to like the actions. Mm-hmm. But you wonder. It's almost like the the uh, I won't be able to remember the number, but like you know, uh, directive whatever it was that changed all the clones in in uh, Star Wars from good guys to bad guys. You know, like, uh, and I don't even, yeah. I don't think this is even shown in the movie. I think it is shown in the movies actually, but I I know mostly about it from 
the cartoon, the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. where they're all good guys. They're you know they're on they're on like Anakin's side, who also ends up being a bad guy, of course. But <laughs> they're all on sort of the the rebel side. But they've got this implanted sort of cheat code that can be activated to turn them into bad guys. That does happen in the movies. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty classic sci-fi trope too. I, I, I mean, I mean the the iRobot movie was the same way. Oh, I'm not familiar. Um, but that's that's the feeling with Amos. It's like yeah. it's like well, okay, I for now for now, right? But yeah, same thing. Like something could happen to to a regular person that changes their mind about you know their mm-hmm. like a big picture thing. You know, like oh right. wait, th- this fundamental belief I have, I now think is totally wrong so my behavior is going to change based on that but right and amos's personality was like you know like a hair trigger on that walking that line anyway <laughs> right right like the only thing you could count on him for well the the thing you could definitely count on him for maybe not the only thing but the thing you could definitely count on him for was to stick up for kids yeah for sure like he it's like he doesn't have he like empathy doesn't exist in his bodies but except for that and otherwise it was kind of like the ultimate mercenary and he sort of there's also like he also had like a um a special connection with naomi naomi in a way that uh she could kind like he of latched on her to uh, latched onto her to be his moral compass, to be his moral because, compass he knew he exactly. la- because he knew he lacked that and like amos wants to be a good guy he just doesn't know how to be yeah he's a no concept of it like no yeah. concept of good and bad it's just like yeah. power and not power so he just latches onto other people to be that that moral compass for him. Yeah, yeah, so, oh, so good. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed the character development that all of them got in this book. Um, mm. It was good to see Alex getting some more, some more time and more development. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, there were times it was it got really dark in it, <laughs> like like really. This book gave me nightmares. Um, yeah, so you mentioned that, yeah, like. like yeah, like nothing, nothing specific, like, but just like, like I'm saying, like every third word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, <laughs> no, it's um. Thanks, thanks the, to the, the editor. Links, yeah, <laughs> the links that people will go to to do things in the name of of what they see as being right, right. Yeah. And also just the fact that there's this mysterious, ominous alien entity out there somewhere who can just kind of like imagine you out of existence or is trying Ugh. to imagine, think you out of existence and can just like shut off your entire <laughs> universe for 20 minutes or so or whatever. And the fact that as it progresses through the book, it's getting better at it. That's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so... Tell me what you thought about throw, this. Throw in gray-skinned, bug-eyed, black-eyed, alien. Yeah, humanoid, right? Yeah, humanoid. And it's like like what we've always depicted as the classic alien. Yeah, grays. Yeah, right. Because you like like this. The probably the most terrifying scene for me mm-hmm. was, and correct me if I'm wrong, because my memory is terrible. But here's how I recall it. So, <laughs> so they basically they the. The idiot humans basically set off a gigantic booby trap and destroy their 
access to the ring gates, which is like the yes. fundamental premise of the the last thirty. Of the whole, years. yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be like, it would be like if right now, it would be a hundred times worse than this. But it would be kind of like if right now, an alien or some like disruption bomb goes off and destroys every molecule of the internet at once. Right. And we're back to the eighties or the seventies. It would be like, and, and that's nothing compared to what destroying the ring gates is like, like, right. You're like, because, cause all of a sudden all of these communities would be shut off from each other. Right. And they're not just shut off from each other in terms of like communication or they're shut off from each other. And it, because as I mentioned earlier, space is really freaking big. Mm. Yeah. So it's not just <laughs> so cutting off communication. They're light years away from, yeah. It's food. Yeah. It's, they're dead, it's, basically. Yeah. Like a bunch it's of people. It's food, it's medicine, it's, yeah. Like imagine if you would die if you couldn't watch Netflix, basically. Which I would, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> but if you, it, it's, that's, that's more of a metaphor. If you, if you had to watch Netflix to stay alive and then the internet was erased, you'd have a major problem. You'd have to go back to getting DVDs in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> basically. I mean, it's kind of, it's not the worst metaphor in the world, but. It's, it's not the worst metaphor, no. <laughs> okay. So now all of a sudden the, and everything that was, every human thing that was sort of, um, mm-hmm. uh, guarding or kind of like overseeing the ring gates is gone and everything's yeah. just up in the air. And it's like, everybody's and this freaking alien that out. can just like, like Photoshop eraser bits of you out of existence. Well, yeah. So exactly. That was the scary part. So, and they, they did such a great job describing oh, they did. it. Cause here the, the, um, the way that they describe it when the alien, whatever it is, is air quotes attacking. If you can even, I mean, I guess you can call it that they, the consciousness of the people who are being attacked again, air quotes, is that they, it's like they're tripping and suddenly Mm -hmm. they can see that like they can physically or physically see, I mean, they can actually see, or they can sort of sense, let's say in a visual way that (laughs) their bodies are made up mostly of space Mm -hmm. and that there's that the fact that your finger stays attached to your hand is like miraculous because they're not actually touching at an atomic level you're right, held together not, by this yeah. weird atomic forces of of like call it magnetism or something yeah and this this alien entity which we're not talking about we're not talking about the proto molecule we're talking about no the destroyer the things that hate the proto molecule <laughs> which are are still sort of omnipotent and ambiguous to us yeah and um so yeah, so they just manipulate those laws of physics and like suddenly a big like a basketball sized chunk of you it just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And and they, and here's the thing that this was the exact moment that scared me. And I was like, so they're talking about that. And I'm like, yeah, I get, I get that. I get what they're talking about. Like you're mm-hmm. a cloud basically. Like mm-hmm. if you, if you, if your microscope could look small enough, you know, like get right down there, you're basically a cloud. Yeah. And that's what they're describing. So they're like, they're like, you know, this thing happens and all of a sudden the people, the characters are talking about how like things like all of a sudden with no warning, they're tripping and they can see that everything's a cloud and that they're not nearly as solid as it seems like in your day to day because mm-hmm. you would literally lose your mind. <laughs> so you can see, you look around, you see this, that you're a cloud, but the alien is not a cloud. The alien is this solid black thing and it is, it's realer. 
like it, mm-hmm. it, the way the, the ability to describe this in words, the author's ability to describe this in words blew my mind. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> so, wow, because they've talked about this. I was like, oh, it's. And I, in fact, I even I even said to myself, oh, it's probably because there's two of them. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I don't know if one person could could have sorted this out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, so imagine you're imagining like, oh, everything's really a cloud when you think about it. And maybe I can get my head around that after enough, you know, therapy. But, but here's then, this hyper real thing that's not a cloud. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, that it's, that scared me. That scared me because, yeah. because basically the thing that is real, imagine walking through fog, right? You're not thinking about the fact that you're ripping the fog to shreds. Like right. what if the fog was sentient? Which is the situation that I keep on coming back to this thing. What, tell me what you think about this. Well, well okay. let me finish that thought. So, so solid aliens walking through the fog, it might not even care. It might not yeah. even know. It might not, it even, might not even be know. attacking. Yeah. It, and this is yeah. the, this is a fundamental premise of the book that I I hope. Here's the, I don't know. It, let me finish the thought. So so the solid thing shows up and is solid compared to all us cloud beings, and it kind of just goes or like it just like moves its right. hand. And like, and, and just like, 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 Oh God, if this thing ever sneezes, we're done for. Yeah. We're dead. Like, you know, and so like then things come sort of come, reality comes back consciousness wise for the characters and they're looking around and like, Oh, that guy's legs missing. (laughs) Yeah. And and you've lost like 20 minutes of. Yeah. 20 minutes. like Right. Right. And, uh, and we could talk a little bit about tech. I mean, that is what the show is about. Like the way they have the, I I thought it was super cool how the, uh, you know, like, Jeez, I forget who, uh, I can't remember which character was that lost the like chunk of thigh. Oh, that was, that was, um, Elvie. Elvie. Okay. Right. So Elvie yeah. loses a chunk of thigh and it's just, just super random. That was the other scary thing about it, it was like mm-hmm. random people the lost a chunk of their yeah. head and it wasn't right. like, and like you said, it's Photoshop eraser. It's not like a bullet went through and there's like an exit wound. It's just gone. Mm-hmm. And certain people it was fatal other people it wasn't and then they had these like medical they're like oh no big you know just put medical gel in there and the medical gel like has has a circulatory system and it like yeah. grows the muscle back and like you know, so they grew a guy's foot back mm-hmm. Elvie's husband it was like i was like oh that's really cool and you kind of need 30 like that seems like something that happened in the intervening 30 years because i don't i don't think that yeah. was mentioned previously yeah no there i believe it was actually mentioned in the very first book um, because one of the one of the ice haulers had lost an arm, and there was talk about regrowing it. And oh like, yeah, the belt or made prosthetic. Yes, 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 yes. Good memory, very impressive. Okay, so so here's the here's here's a prediction, okay. and I I have always found it um, incredible in the literal sense, like not credible mm-hmm. that these aliens are attacking anything. I've just never found that credible. I right. can't. I cannot get my brain to a place where something that is that I, solid and real even cares. Cares, yeah. Or even they might not. It's like us stepping on an ant. Not worried about it. Yeah. It's it's yeah, and it's even like it's it's almost more like like that's a good metaphor, but I think it could go even farther. It's like it's like brushing my teeth and worrying about the bacteria. <laughs> that stuff on your gums, yeah. Right. I mean, like yeah, maybe. That's a good point. But I guess I think about like I don't want bacteria on my teeth, so I guess they. I guess in a way you are attacking it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so maybe they see it as like a virus of some kind, right? But what threat? I mean, they're not going to lose their teeth. Like, what's the threat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, the proto molecule itself was not evil. Hmm. 
No, I mean, the, no more the design than fire. of the proto- No, no more than fire is evil or, yeah. Right. So, I mean, maybe, like what, so let's brainstorm. Like what would cause, like let's say they keep going with this vein because because mm-hmm. it does seem like they're going to. Maybe there's going to be a big reveal and somehow like Holden interfaces with the alien being because he's the close, he's the obvious choice. Right. And, you know, because he's sort of done it in the past. Yeah, and, but like there's there's one book left and we haven't seen, we haven't seen this set of aliens. They sort of, they talked about it as a solid blackness in the ring gate. In the yeah. slow zone. Yeah, but we've had, like, we've, there's we've been had no, contact, no insight. Contact. Yeah, there's been no contact contact. There's There's been nothing to draw insight from, oh, what is their actual motivation or what are they trying to do? Because in, in the book, it's just that, oh, these are the people that destroyed the creators of the proto-molecule. Hmm. Yeah. But we don't know why. Right. S- right. Yeah. I, we like, know they did it utterly and totally, and yeah, but we don't know why. Hmm. Yes, and the and the and it has it has always been, it's been a theme in throughout the mm-hmm. books, where the hawkish type of people, the more the you know like military warlike sort of people, have mm-hmm. always viewed it as an attack. And I the whole time I've been like, there is absolutely yeah. no indication that this is an attack. It it's like right, you know, and and the dove types say that you know they're talking about that. Yeah, but and there's been there's been people who have taken it and manipulated it and used it to attack yes but the technology in itself has never attacked anyone yeah it'd be like a you know it'd be like fire like saying fire is attacking Attack- us like i'm being attacked by fire yeah, yeah. it doesn't right, it doesn't make any sense like i, like mean, I sometimes get attacked by my door frame but i've never been attacked yeah and by fire. velcro velcro's very dangerous. right velcro's vicious <laughs> <laughs> i mean this is coming from someone who has physically accidentally lit their own house on fire Mm-hmm. Fire's not evil. It wasn't attacking me. It was a, a, a foolish, like it was a dumb thing I did, and like it was an accident. And all, like you could attribute everything that's happened in the books to like accident. Yeah, you easily could. Until you know, it, it does seem like when they when they when the 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 true destroyer of protomodical the bad guy, whatever. Let's call mm-hmm. it the bad guy, even though it's not potentially. That was the first time I was like, maybe the Hawks have been right in this book that this thing, because it does seem like, well, once, actually, it's been provoked every single time, though. It has, yeah. Once the Laconians start doing things with the protomolecule to attack other other people, you know, I don't even know that you could say that, that the destroyers have been attacking or have been, uh, you know, or, or were attacked because... Yeah. I, I think it's fair to say that other people have been attacked and and you know the destroyers have been like no <laughs> or or it could be um it could be that that the humans using the proto molecule have mm-hmm. just like made a noise that it can hear and it's like oh what's that right. and the the mere focus of like looking over there takes a basketball sized chunk out of a bunch of people's legs yeah you know what i mean like there's no intent like that's the thing it's like it's just so improbable that something essentially from a different dimension you know i don't think it's evil right like to even attribute a kind of um anthropomorphized intent behind any of the actions seems comical yeah you you can't ascribe human motivations to it yeah it's like, and I think it's got where it's, this whole thing's going. I think. Do you th- do you think that's what's going to happen? That people are going to be like, "Oh, wait, we're just utterly insignificant." 
<laughs> I hope it does. That's the ending I want. The ending yeah. I want is that all of this, you know, sound and fury is just like... And we, that finally someone wakes up one day and realizes how meaningless it all is. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. to me, that's the realistic ending, is that somehow... It's, it's like, like Holden's like, oh, I get it now, and then he dissolves. <laughs> Fade to black. Series is over. <laughs> Holden becomes the destroyer, or like... See, that's the wrong word, but 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 yeah, but that's what we're talking yeah. about. It's like that thing, that entity that exists. Yeah. And this is like, you know, there's been some, there's been some interesting developments in astronomy, real, real actual astronomy, you know, like real world earth mm-hmm. astronomy, like 2019 astronomy, you know, like photograph of a black hole and, uh, there's been some Mars stuff and so on and so forth. And I don't know, it's like the idea is it's so that, you know, it's sort of like, oh, we're making headway, so to speak, and exploring. Mm-hmm the solar system and the universe around us and and all of that and and so the the concept of like alien beings is i've been noticing it come up a lot lately like you know is there other life in the universe and there's sort of the different arguments are very theoretical like well if there was then we'd know about it by now or you know if it's if it's like hyper intelligent we'd know about it by now i think that's a ridiculous argument yeah i think so too i think that could be like it could be so far advanced from us that you know, again it would be like an ant going oh look there's humans and and being able to understand and and conceptualize that oh there are these giant tall other living things right or to to go back to bacteria it'd be like bacteria being aware that it's on mm-hmm. a human's teeth like come right. on you know so if we're bacteria to something which see to me that's plausible mm-hmm. that we're bacteria to something like that the that the I would more quickly believe that the earth is sentient in some way, like the physical universe is sentient in some way than I would be that there's going to be humanoid gray aliens flying around in a, <laughs> right. in a flying saucer. Like, come on. But like, cause I feel like it's a, it's a mistake of scale. Like if there's something, yeah, exactly. Right. Cause it's like, like what are the odds? Let's just say, let's posit that there must, because the space is so big, that there must be something else sentient. Yes. Let's just posit that for a second. It makes total sense. It just seems likely, right? Yeah. Like, if we can exist, how could how could we be the only ones? Okay, maybe maybe we are, but let's just say we're not. Let's, like, like put that out there. The odds that the other thing is is, like... On the same wavelength, uh, literally and figuratively, as us, happen to have two eyes, two arms, two legs. You know, like there's come a, on. There's a there's a decent argument to be made for it, but I feel like that argument only extends so far into our understanding of the universe. Um, you could you could posit that a a life form that sparked into existence in a solar system similar to ours on a planet similar to ours with a makeup similar to ours is going to evolutionarily evolve similar to us. So the tree of life thing from the books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's so much else out there that we don't know or haven't seen or don't understand that that doesn't, while that's likely in those situations, it's by no means the only possibility. Sure. Right. Right. And I, I agree with that actually. The, but the other thing to consider, like, oh, even if we go with the tree of life argument where, 
uh, let's just say that 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 our particular solar system is comprised of all the elements that exist. So we're aware mm-hmm. of all the elements, and that in a particular kind of soup of those elements, certain things are going to happen. And that, you know, but there might be some fundamental differences. Things might evolve differently. And then over time that progresses, even if that's true, it's wildly dependent on when it happened. So I would imagine, I'm of course it's all guesswork, but like, let's say, you know, it happened 400 million years earlier on, you know, alpha poop (laughs) Tori, you know, (laughs) Oh, they've got a, they're a hundred million years ahead of us evolutionarily. Yeah. I guess maybe a gray could, a gray could exist. I wouldn't be surprised if in a hundred million years we look like gray aliens. That wouldn't really blow my mind. Yeah. If we haven't, if we haven't, um, killed ourselves off or, you know, like uploaded ourselves yeah. into the, the digital realm or like it gets pretty trippy. Like when you, like the, 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 our normal people type stuff in the book being fog. Which I mm-hmm. completely agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can, I can get that. Yeah, I can get there. Like I can get there mentally. Like, yeah, we're. I mean, technically, right? We're not. My finger's not touching my body, really. So I can get there, and then to imagine that something exists where <laughs> it is actually like a mass, a giant mass that is truly solid, or or maybe maybe you know a million times more solid than we are. More solid, yeah. Like essentially we're like, oh, if in the three states of matter where you've got gas, liquid, and solid. We're gas. <laughs> we're gas. And then there's a liquid and a solid beyond us. Ooh. <laughs> That's a cool premise. <laughs> yeah. So much, so much fun stuff to speculate on in this series. Uh-huh. Now, like my next question is like, when's the next book coming out? <laughs> it's probably going to be two years. I don't think it's going to be that long. No. They, they have been... You think they've got they've got the they've known the ending for a while? You think? Um, I'm sure they've known the ending for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't. I don't know if we'll see it. Normally, they did December releases, and this one got pushed to March. So I don't know if we'll see the ninth book in December of this year. But I'm <sighs> betting if we don't, we'll see it early next year. That would be great. I kind of I, I I bet. I started to say I'll bet you twenty bucks, but you won't want to take me. You won't <laughs> want to take me up on it. You know exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't you? Bet you twenty bucks. No, I'm. I'm uh huh. Oh, I was just gonna tracking. say, I'll bet you. I'll bet you twenty bucks that we'll see the next expanse novel before we'll see the next oh, Resident oh, Files. Oh, please, yeah. No, he's <laughs> done. He's done with it. Yeah, he can't bring himself. You know what? He, so, so we're shifting gears into Dresden Files. What? How many of those were waiting for eighteen peace talks? Yeah. Or peace talks, right? Yeah. I, he should just. He should just let one of the fan fiction people write it. It would be great. I'm sure it yeah. would be great. And he could I just mean, edit it like James Patterson does. Just have somebody else write it. <laughs> right. And then he goes through and edits it. And, and edits. he put out 10 bucks a year. Yeah. It's just so left hanging. Like, come on, man. Just let someone else yeah, do it. It's like, okay, I know you, you had, you had this bad thing happen and you had that thing happen and you had this thing. And yeah, those suck. But the rest of us have those things happen too. And we don't get to take four years off work. Yeah. Build an outline. Give it to one of the super fans that's been writing fan fiction. Have them flesh it out. Go through. Correct it. Take it two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Get me that book. I mean, here's the thing. It, like, someone could just write it and be like, you know, it's like forking a repo that's that's become <laughs> right. unmaintained. You know? Like, isn't that where Red Hat like came from? like the series is abandoned where now. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
I mean, there's got to be so much pent up desire for a follow up. Someone could just pick up that mantle and be like, tough, dude, you waited too long. It's like, I'm the winter night now. Yeah. It'll be about Larry Dresden. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Dresden dossier. Dossier. Larry, Larry Dresden. Larry Dresden. <laughs> <laughs> Wizard for hire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be so great. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, I, I am like, it's so obviously this is like a huge, huge bone, a huge um, ad for the expense. You really have to check it out. Yeah. You know, our good friend, Nate, he's like on book four. He's like, oh man, I'm totally geeking out on like the. It's like, oh, you're getting to the really good bits. The good stuff. And yeah. And like, yeah. he's talking about stuff like, oh, I totally, uh, shocker. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I did too. I did too. I forgot that, like the conversation for the, char- the characters that he posted in chat. Like, oh, I forgot that was a thing. I was like, haha. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah. <laughs> forgot yeah. it was there. Yeah. You could, there's so many of them. They're so good. You could just, you could just keep reading them. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we're, go- we're actually going back through, we just read Lord of the Rings uh, with the kids and I, mm-hmm. I got up through, I think halfway through the two towers and Cooper started to flag. It's like, Arr. but I was hooked. Like I could go back and read it myself for sure. Yeah. Um, and we cut over to Chronicles of Narnia and he's mm-hmm. like, it's funny, like not to totally change the subject, but like that's again, a big series of books and they wrote uh, a prequel was written after the fact that happens before Lion, the witch in the wardrobe. Yeah. I knew there was, but I haven't read it. Yeah. And when you buy the series, uh, ebook it, as an ebook, it comes as one gigantic book. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, you know, honestly, I think I, I only ever read Lion, the witch in the Wardrobe. but I don't think, I don't think I read Prince Caspian or any of the other ones. No, that, that was the only book in the series I ever read. Yeah. So, I have lots of early childhood, very visual memories from that book. Mm-hmm. And even the, you know, there's these little etching, these sort of etching type illustrations at the beginning of each yeah. chapter. And it's like burned into my DNA. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Same. Yeah. And, and like, I have, I have almost dreamlike memories of what I pictured in my head when I was reading that book, which I, which are all coming back up. Yeah. Now I'm reading it again. I'm like, Oh, Wow. Wow. Yeah, I think I think I was eight or nine when I read it. Right. Yeah. yeah same, same here. So, so I was like, oh, but we got the book and like in sequence, this newer one is first. So let's read that first. And it was interesting, but nothing like nowhere mm. near as good as uh, as Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. But me having read Wardrobe, it was cool because I was like, I remembered enough of, of wardrobe that I could go back and be like, oh, cool. It's like the backstory behind like how the wardrobe was created and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. But it's pretty what, neat. It's pretty neat. But to Cooper, who's hearing it for the first time, he's just like so bored. Uh-huh. He's like, wait a minute, what? It's just kind of convoluted and it's a little convoluted and it's not mm-hmm. as um, visually engaging uh, it's it's kind of a bummer. So if anybody, if yeah. if you feel like going back and rereading that stuff, or you never read that one in the first, start with wardrobe for sure and read the backstory last because and, it'll be better that way. And while we're on the subject of sci-fi series that you've probably only ever read the first book of mm. or one book of, you really should read the other three books in the Ender Ender's Game series. I know. 
And you said you uh, like books, books two and three, especially four was in places hard to get through, but two and three, especially were some of the best sci-fi I've ever read. I believe it. Cause that first one is just great. And in fact, I was thinking of Ender's game when we were talking earlier about the destroyer mm-hmm. because the humans in that story, and this isn't a spoiler, the humans ascribe all of these intentions to what's happening. And well, that's really not the it's case. It's really not the case. You know, they're just like, oh, this big war against the bugs. And it's like, the bugs aren't, they're not even like, like what? They're just looking yeah. at you or whatever. You know, it's not, that's not, you know, it's not accurate. I'm just saying it's like, they're just, it's like, it's as, as if someone could, you know, Medusa, maybe Medusa just like looking around. <laughs> not trying to turn anybody to stone, but people keep. You know, like, why do these people why keep giving people me the cold just, shoulder? Yeah. Why does everybody keep turning into stone? It's weird everywhere I go then like no concept that they're doing it, you know? And it, it, I, I feel like that's where expense is going to go. That the, the alien is just like looking around because they made it because we humans made a noise and it was like, what was that? And looked over and killed a million <laughs> right. people, you know, cause it, it moved in the fog and the people were blown to smithereens. Mm. There were some, like speaking of the fog stuff, there was, a, there was, mm-hmm. there was a scene I think it was when Proto-Molecule was on Venus, but it hadn't yet left and created the ring gates. It was in that book where at the end it, it popped off Venus. Oh, yeah. Where a, a research sort of ship was kind of studying what was going on on the planet, and it dismantled the thing. It, it didn't, just dis- disassembled it. Yeah, it didn't destroy it. It just, like, took it apart. Like, it unscrewed everything. Looking, <laughs> and, there, and, there's, and there's a spaceship, and then suddenly here's this blow-up diagram of all of the parts of a spaceship. Which is different than, than it's similar, but different. It like took it apart at a particular level mm-hmm. at like a mechanical level, like a phys- physics mechanical level. Right. And Newtonian it did the same thing physics. to the people inside of it. They turn into clouds though, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So I so guess that, it, that's interesting. Right. Because it happened at two different levels. It right. Didn't, like, it, it dealt with the organic matter differently than the, the physical matter. Right. Or the yeah the inorganic right well, so not like physical but inorganic inorganic yeah. right like where screws unscrewed instead of turning into a cloud of screw atoms mm-hmm. <laughs> title <laughs> screw screw atoms screw atoms <laughs> who needs them <laughs> never trust an atom they make up everything You right there? <laughs> oh my god, that's got to be the oldest joke in the world, and I've never heard it. <laughs> You're kidding. I've never heard that. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, good one. Oh, man. <laughs> you should, yeah, we should maybe stick a fork in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost karate graduation time. Uh, well, nice. welcome back. I am uh, super happy to be back. It's fun to have a nice long chat. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to people pinging us on Twitter with their thanks, their glowing praise for reading the books on our recommendation and saying, wow, how could I have <laughs> possibly waited so long to read this delightful series? Yes. Uh, yeah. And we'll just stay tuned for the next one. And we'll be back next week with more TRD. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. We hope you join us again next time. Talk to you later. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Out of practice. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was hilarious. 
I think it probably is the oldest joke in the world. <laughs>